Thank you to the gang at all the Fratelloni Ace Hardware stores in the Twin Cities. My Fratelloni's Ace Hardware store is Grand and Dale. It's the best hardware store that uh, I've ever uh, experienced. And uh, thank them for the podcast. I stopped at mine on the way here. Where's yours? Uh, It's on Lake Street, East Lake Street. And I told him I'll be back at 3 to pick up this pane of glass you're cutting for me. So I will be at my Fratelloni's twice today. Everybody has their own. And now, from the mayor's office... Above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic. Could they refer to you as a pain in the glass, Kenny? Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. (laughs) Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Kenny, what's the date? <laughs> it's the 11th. No, it's not. It's no, the, it's it, the 10th. It's been the 11th on my watch for every day since I got this watch for Christmas <laughs> two years ago. You've, it is the 11th. You got to get into RF Molar Jewelers during this month. Are you aware that you get in there this month? Tell them you're a GL Podcast listener, or in your case, a GL Podcast participant, yeah. and you can get two hundred and fifty dollars off any watch that's five hundred dollars or more. Nice. And there's three locations: Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Fiftieth in France, in Edina, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Been in business for sixty-seven years. You don't stay in business for sixty-seven years unless you're doing everything right. It's truly a family business, and without them. Without Moeller, mm-hmm. it just kills me to say this. What? Without Moeller, there's no GL podcast. No, well, that's true. And it pains me to give him that kind of credit. You work for me. That's right. That, hey, don't you think he hasn't let me forget it either? I'm going to make Moeller take this watch in as a trade in. And they'll sell I'll you buy a- your watch, but you got to you got to give me something for this Timex. And they'll sell you a watch that'll give you the correct date, right? I'm it's not going to always be the 11th. It's a, the whole month is October watch month at RF Moeller Jeweler. Stop in any one of those three stores. Tell them that they listen to the podcast. You tell them you listen to the podcast, and you get 250 bucks off any watch purchase of 500 dollars or more. Kenny, you should uh, really take advantage of that I'll because be there. you're a complete moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Got a great living American from uh, a submission from Greg Holcomb, the artist in residence mm-hmm. in Garage Logic. I hope you're checking out his cartoons on the Garage Logic website. Fabulous. And this is from his hometown of Virginia, Minnesota. At the age of 18, I'm sorry, at the age of 17, Howard Arthur Stevens stood in front of an Arizona judge accused of stealing a car and driving across state lines. He was ordered by the judge to enter the Army and thus began an epic tale of survival that came to a peaceful end on Sunday, September 9th, 2018, at the Armed Service, the Armed Forces Retirement Home in Gulfport, Mississippi, one of two premier retirement homes in the nation for veterans. He was 86. He was born on June 11, 1932, to Howard and Lily Stevens of Parkville, Minnesota. The family lived on the Iron Range for a brief time, and then in Tucson, Arizona, where Howard's father worked for the railroad, Howard's entry into the Army was unconventional, as was his service in it. Jeez. His stories of survival began early. He was part of the first unit deployed to Korea as part of Task Force Smith, led by Lieutenant Colonel Charles B. Smith. At the Battle of Osan, his unit was overwhelmed by North Korean forces where he was taken prisoner, and he survived 37 months in captivity. Wait, wow. 37 months. Do the math for me. What is that? Three That's like 10 or 20 years, years isn't it? 
A few years ago, Howard was invited to, but wow. declined an all-expenses-paid trip to the opening of the Korean Conflict Museum in Osan, Korea, as one of the few remaining original members of the first troops. His photo hangs in the museum, among the other members of the initial unit. Upon return from a Japanese hospital after his release from captivity, he briefly left the Army, but re-enlisted as soon as he was able. He rose through the ranks in the Army, attending Pathfinder, Paratrooper, and Ranger schools to become a member of the first Special Forces group, the Green Berets. Wow. He was deployed to Vietnam, where he served as an advisor, training indigenous Cambodians to resist Viet Cong and North Vietnamese forces. For over a year, he operated alone in complete isolation with a select few superiors knowing his activity. Oh, that's badass. Howard had regular communication with (laughs) You're getting to the best part. Uh, Howard had regular communication with General William Westmoreland, often to the dismay of his direct superiors. He served five (laughs) years and ten months consecutively in Vietnam from 1962 through 1968 and earned two silver stars, three bronze stars, and four purple hearts, as well as other commendations. He's full of shrapnel and He spent his last years of service in Nome, Alaska as a National Guard advisor, a place that the family loved, and his final year of service was spent in Thailand. He served 20 years in the Army, retiring as Master Sergeant E-8, and rarely spoke of his experiences. His service has been documented in several books, magazine articles, and in the Ken Burns documentary, The Vietnam War. Howard moved to Vegas in 1978, primarily to play poker with the best in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And it was there he began his second career as a jailer for the Las Vegas Metro Police Department at the Clark County Detention Center. He worked as a jailer for 28 years. What? He spent his retirement years on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, residing at the uh, Armed Forces Retirement Home, where, where everything revolves around honoring veterans and honoring military service. He enjoyed top-notch living quarters, service, and excellent care there that he and his family members would come to cherish. Until recently, his favorite hobby was was getting up before dawn, driving to the Beau Rivage Hotel and Casino in Biloxi, playing poker for hours, and taking pleasure in relieving the high-roller poker players of the remaining funds. Nice. (laughs) Even as his health began to decline, his card-playing and people-reading skills remained razor-sharp. As his health failed, he continually surprised his family and his beloved caregivers with his strong fighting spirit, courage, straightforwardness, and tenacity. Eventually, his health struggles struggles became too severe, and it became time for him to stand down. On his final day, uh, Meredith offered him permission—Meredith must be the wife—to join his parents and other family members that had gone before him, and for once, he obliged. Uh, He was survived by his daughters and— he was preceded in death by his parents. That's a great living American. And we're all, all sitting here laughing at fart jokes, huh? And it all started Jeez. with stealing he a, car. a car. It, huh? It all started because he stole a yeah, car. Yeah, drove it across the state. And, right. and it had a wise judge. So what's the message for future logicians out there? Steal a car. Steal a good one. And yep. then get to the right judge. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's wow. the one you can't guarantee. I would love to hear his Vietnam stories. Yeah. You're not going he, to now, he's unfortunately. He's a bad ass. Yeah. And how irritating is that <laughs> to your direct supervisors that you don't even t- – I've tried that around here. Yeah. Uh, the direct supervisors don't like it when you go right to the top. Right. He went to Westmoreland. <laughs> yeah. He's not fooling with the guy on the line. No. That's so awesome. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. On tomorrow's podcast, which would be Thursday, October 11, uh, Author's Corner with John Sanford. 
Nice. We know him as John Camp, but the uh, reading world knows him as uh, John Sanford. In his latest Virgil Flowers book uh, was released yesterday. It's called Holy Ghost. It's a wonderful whodunit, and uh, John will be heard on the podcast that you uh, pull up from October 11. Perfect. Say, guess who's back in the news? Hmm. Ilhar Omar. Yeah. Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. Who dat? I'm really having trouble with her. (laughs) Oh, her. It seems like she knew how to game the system from the moment she got elected. Yes. She's now uh, accused... uh, She's a Democratic candidate for Congress. She's now accused of improperly charging $3,000 in travel expenses to her campaign committee. Woo! Representative Steve Drazkowski has been mounting a series of allegations against Omar in recent months. His latest stemmed from travel expenses, including airfare to Estonia and expenses for Omar to speak at a rally for a Boston City Council candidate that he said he found in the year-end report for Omar's legislative campaign committee. Omar's campaign did not immediately respond. Draskowski of Mazeppa also shared correspondence from the chair of the committee, uh, I'm sorry, from the chair of the Campaign Finance and Public Disclosure Board, confirming that regulators found probable cause to investigate his earlier complaint that Omar illegally used campaign money for personal legal expenses. The more we dig, the more problems we find, said Draskowski. Draskowski first alleged the misuse of campaign funds in July. Also that month, Omar said she would return 2500 bucks in speaking fees from two Minnesota community colleges after Draskowski called out the payments as violating House rules against accepting an honorarium for a service from anyone with a direct interest in House business. She's on the House committee that makes funding and policy decisions for Minnesota's colleges. Whoops. You can't go to one and take their money. <laughs> In response to Draskowski's first campaign finance complaint in July, Carla Kelberg, Omar's divorce attorney, called Draskowski's claims absolutely false and said Omar instead reimbursed her for the crisis management services. Okay, let me stop. Here's the sad realization about this story. You think anyone who supports her cares about this? Nope. No. No. Not a dime's worth, do they? No. Not at all. And is that worth analyzing? No. Uh, well, it should be it should be looked at. If she violated something, you can't just go scot free. I agree with you, Rook. But abs- even if they did, absolutely nothing would happen to her. No, she, but then, she but wears then a burka. She's right Teflon. Down. But she's, if we don't, then we're not pushing back at all. If it's not looked at, well, I'm pushing back by talking about it on the podcast. Right. But just, I, just, just I agree re- with you. But just think about this, Rook. If you're the guy or the gal, if you're the person that is the is is spearheading this, now all of a sudden you're going to get attacked. Right. Oh, it's I'm... much like this the Screamtown uh, discussion we had last hour. You you can't win. But then what I'm saying is we shouldn't just roll over then. Is she I, running I for Ellison's seat? Yes. 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 You know damn well she's going to win. Yeah. There's not a doubt in my mind. She. It's a horrible mistake that she will win. She's a Mysterium. Right. Yeah, Not to it, mention, she might damn well be an, uh, a natural-born thief, however, allegedly. <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. Oh, well, yeah. What the <laughs> hell? Here's her background. And you watch. Wait. I've got another prediction. Okay. How long before this Representative Steve Draskowski starts getting uh, hectored and, and heckled for this? And run through the ringer. Let's go check his background. Let's go. 
Why, the nerve of that fellow yeah, to call hurrah, out hurrah. this innocent young woman hurrah. who's a trailblazer, right. the first Somali legislator elected in the United States. Yeah, but she's got her fingers in the till, allegedly. In 2002, at age 19, she began a relationship. This is according to the Wikipedia page on her. She began a relationship with Ahmed Hirsi. They were engaged to be married that year and applied for a marriage license, but the application was not finalized. The pair had three children together before separating in 08. In 09, Omar married Ahmed Nur Said Elmi, a British citizen. Conservative outlets, including the Powerline blog, accused Omar of marrying someone they speculated was her brother or otherwise related to her to help him with his immigration status. She called the allegations absolutely false and ridiculous. In 2011, she and Elmi had a faith-based divorce, and in 2017, the two were legally divorced. In 2011, she reconciled with Hersey, and they married in a traditional ceremony. Omar, Hersey, and their three children live in, in Minneapolis. Look up this name. Jennifer Zielinski, Z-I-E-L-I-N. S-K-I. Z-I-E. L-I-N-S-K-I. Jennifer Zielinski. Okay. That is uh, Omar's Republican uh, opponent in the uh, in the race for the uh, seat. What do you want to know? That Allison is vacating. Well, I, I want. I'd never heard of her. Tell me about her. Huh, she's the endorsed Republican, according to her website. Uh, endorsed Republican candidate for Congress in the 5th District. She's right. a lifelong Twin Cities resident. Okay. Currently lives in South Minneapolis. All right. Her background is in health care. All right. She's a Republican activist, has been for 10 years working on campaigns while helping to build the party. Her top goals, to keep the economy growing, continue the Trump tax cuts, stand up for She's our— She's got no shot. <laughs> stand up for our First and Second Amendment rights. She'll also ensure we fix the problems with affordability and effectiveness of healthcare, improve education for all Americans, and also to work to address the uh, opioid abuse crisis that is facing our nation. All right. Have Jen for <laughs> the number four, Jen for us.com. Right. I think that's who I've been instructed to vote for. I think that's probably a good my, choice. By my family. Well, it's a, it's a wise choice, but no one's ever heard of this woman. And no. how often him, Il, Ilhan Omar is damn near— uh, She burps and she's in the news. She's, she gets in the news at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not, and never for anything good. Well, that's, and she just keeps ascending. Right. What, what, has she, what has she done? She was on the Today Show. <laughs> she's, uh, she's Muslim, a female Muslim she's, in the right district. She is a woman of color. She's a Muslim. She's photogenic. Uh, she's glib. Uh, she's ambitious, and she. There's not a doubt in my mind. She intends to be important rather than be useful. Oh, and I know some oh, people that have worked worst. with her. She's um. That's the worst. She's difficult. Kind. What do you mean difficult? I don't want to say she's mean. I want to say she's difficult. Oh, to, I find uh, that hard to believe. Not, not, is she a not, taskmaster? Not nice to the help. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Yes, you got nice to, to, nice to, to be nice to the. Got to be nice to the help. Well, there'll be no doubt in my mind. The the race is very clear to me. If I lived uh, in in the fifth district, I'm voting for Jennifer Zelensky. But I never vote for a winner in this hippie town. <laughs> Go to the polls and vote for the poll. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Oh. Zelensky. Oh, I get it. Go to the polls and vote for the poll. Go to the polls and vote for the poll. That was my uh, senior class president um, motto. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I won too, Kenny, by 11 votes. I beat Schmitty. 
Schmitty Sports Barbers. 11 votes. <laughs> Good story, man. You think Ilhan Omar <laughs> would ever need an emotional support animal? I bet not. Probably not. I think she's got some confidence. Only if it suited her purposes. I don't know how I would have acted. If I was on this airplane. Yep. Gotcha. A Frontier Airlines flight headed from Orlando to Cleveland. I happen to like Cleveland, so I'd be anxious to get back to Cleveland okay. if that was my home. A lake that's going to be set on fire. And, oh, and the uh, the flight was delayed for a couple of hours because they had to take a woman off the flight who refused to get off the flight because she she thought she was perfectly entitled to fly with her emotional squirrel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did see this. A squirrel. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't oh. even be functioning in normal society if you have to carry around a squirrel. It's over for you. Get a dog. Right. Or even a little pony. <laughs> Why a squirrel? But not a squirrel. A They're ba- squirrely. Baby giraffe? What How about could a, a squirrel right? possibly comfort you? They're the worst things they're, ever. That's, that's the phrase, quit acting so squirrely. They're they're not reliable. They're right. awful beasts. They're, they're re- miserable. Yes. yes. There was a lot of commotion on the shuttle bus when some squirrels got trapped inside. The airline says rodents, what? including squirrels, are not allowed. The airline says police were called when the passenger refused to leave the plane. Police requested that the other passengers disembark while officers dealt with no. the woman who oh. was eventually escorted into the main terminals. The flight left for Cleveland two hours late. I'd be upset. Wow. Because of this person who insisted that she be allowed to travel with her, her support squirrel. Number one, how, do, how did they even let her on the plane? That's a the, good point. With the squirrel. Number two, wouldn't it be fun to hear what Grandpa Royce would have to say about this if he was on that airplane? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I bet she brought it in in her coat or something. And then started getting squirrely and got out and started running around. And, and she needed a little support. Pooping on coat. people's Let's hands. take a vote. Does anybody have a crabby dog to chase a squirrel <laughs> off the plane? <laughs> I vote we go. <laughs> Either that or you're going to be three hours late. Fill this mouthful of nuts and let's get out of here. All right. See you later. We're going to clean. I want a John Hyde newscast. Yes, sir. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Who's this? Is this your kid, John? I think it's me playing rhythm and my kid playing lead, yeah. Nice. It's now being reported that the Hurricane Michael is making landfall at 155 miles an hour. Wow. That's a major hurricane. Here's John Height. That's my second story. Have you ever driven that fast? You ever gone 155? I think the most I've hit is about 135. That's quick. You know, I can't Ooh. drive 55. Oh, I know you can. Thanks, Sammy. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Only guy here was capable of referencing a Sammy Hagar song. Jesus. I drove two and a half hours. That dumb. <laughs> so glad I'm here. He's the red rocker, you know. Are you heading back to the Krabby Coffee Shop after the show? The second we're done. All right. Yeah. More he, Sammy he, Lee or David Lee he, Roth, Kenny? He already, Sammy Hager. He already asked what time we'd be done. Right. Can he, can he do, hey, what he, time are we done? He what? works one day a week. He's got a six-day weekend, and he's worried about getting out of here early. He's I, jingling his keys. I was hoping we were done two segments ago. I was packing up and walking You out. should go directly from here to Moeller and get your watch taken care of. Throw this at him. Hey. Hey, trade this in. By the way, to answer your question, Chris, Sammy Hagar sucks in Van Halen. David Lee Roth. 
I like that one song that he did, though. Anyway. St. Paul leaders are poised to follow. We don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are poised to follow Minneapolis's lead and pass a $15 citywide minimum wage with no exemptions for tipped workers, uh, though some in the capital city wouldn't reach 15 bucks for almost a decade. More than 56,000 workers would get a raise under St. Paul's proposed minimum wage ordinance, which Mayor Melvin Carter and City Council Member Chris Tolbert described at a City Hall news conference Tuesday. Carter said... As part of our drive to build a city that works for all of us, we're committed, uh, we've committed ourselves to ensuring that no one who works full-time is ever stuck raising their children in poverty. CNN is uh, currently yeah, currently fascinated with a plastic gorilla that appears to have fallen down oh, on a sidewalk. Oh, no, holding a and sign? And this reporter is just hanging around this fallen plastic. I think it's a gorilla. Is it like a used yeah. car lot? No, it's like a <laughs> coffee shop or something, whatever it is. And they're just fascinated that-, that Gorilla is, coffee. Gorilla a, steaks. This is an example of the storm that it knocked over a gorilla. It probably weighs about 10 pounds. Let's go back to this story John just yes. uh, read. It reminded me, I need to brag about my uh, 18-year-old. He's better than all of your kids and the kids you used to have because my son's current job, yeah. he drives a Zamboni. No oh, way! Oh, <laughs> Isn't that wow. awesome? That is good. so awesome. No. I am actually going to go and watch my son work. I'm so excited about what this. What rink? Uh, he does a, uh, a few different rinks. Is he on call? Is Zamboni on call? For Minneapolis. He was at work until 11 last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, they wrote he's probably a floater right now. Uh, he is a floater, yeah. That cool. is really That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Gabe is going to be very jealous of uh, your <laughs> son. So is this, cool. Does he want to do this for his career? No, he's going to college. <laughs> oh. This is just a job. Oh, I thought he was. <laughs> Don't rip Zamboni. Like Zamboni Mike, uh, he's been doing I, I, it for his I, career. I, I didn't mean it that way. You know, I, No, I, Kenny, you know Kenny's like, oh, no, hell no. Who the hell would want to do that for the rest of their life? <laughs> Sorry, Mike. It's I, actually, okay. I would. Uh, I yes. was just going to ask. Did you ask for a reference, Kenny, to see yeah. if you get any fill-in No, work? my kid has more potential, but uh, driving Zamboni, that's right up my alley. Charles Schultz, great quote. People will stare at a roaring fire, a bubbling brook, and a Zamboni. Absolutely. <laughs> The story Joe referenced earlier, the National Hurricane Center says Michael is making landfall near Mexico Beach, Florida as a Category 4 hurricane. And those uh, winds they thought might hit 125 are actually hitting 155 miles an hour. Forecasters mark landfall as the place and time when the center of the eye strikes land. Uh, Minutes earlier, Michael's eye wall came ashore between Panama City and St. Vincent Island. Winds tearing some buildings apart in Panama City Beach. One beachfront structure under construction could be seen collapsing and metal roofing material flying sideways across parking lots amid sheets of rain. Unlike Florence, which stalled yeah. over Wilmington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. this one's it, this one's anticipated to just keep moving, right? Yeah. That's yes. what I've read. Uh, here closer to home, if I don't know if you've seen this video, it's pretty cool, but not to some people, I'm sure, powerful winds whipping up big waves on Lake Superior. Oh, my oh, God. Some of this footage yeah, is incredible. Where do I see it? Where do I see it? Where do I see it? surfing, actually. Flooding a business district, oh. causing power outages in Duluth. Rookie, oh, oh sorry, Johnny. Yeah. Rookie, just go to the Twitter account of uh, our affiliate up there. Yeah. Okay. Canal Park shut down. The National Weather Service says winds of 64 miles an hour were reported at the Duluth Harbor. Gale force winds creating waves as high as 14 to 18 feet. The Canal Park business. Where do I see this? It's funny when these storms whip up and all these Minnesota surfers go out there and they get up on their board for about a second and a half before they go down. 
The Canal Park Business District near the lake flooded. The city closed Canal Park Drive until further notice. Uh, city officials urging residents to stay away from the lakeshore. The wind knocked out service for about 1,700 <laughs> Minnesota Power customers. Stay away from the lakeshore. It's the only place to be. Right. Everybody wants I mean, in an event like this, where are you going? I'm going to the lakeshore to see. Stay no. away from the lakeshore. It's one of the reasons you'd live in Duluth. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, exactly. But uh, they had, uh, when they were trying, did you, I forgive me if you brought this up, John, but they were trying to close the gates. Oh, yeah, somebody forgot to shut somebody them Somebody forgot to shut them, it and does. these poor guys are out there just dodging waves. Yeah. Uh, other parts of Minnesota? Oh, there it is. Wow. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Uh, other parts of it Minnesota. It sounds the, like the ocean. <laughs> the rain changing to snow. They've had uh, up in parts of northwest Minnesota six inches of snow oh, already in good some areas. Lord. Bring it. Like that Can't news, take uh, it. Bring it on. I have some sad news. <laughs> Viva Beck, half of the husband-wife team, won a national audience for their oh, quirky. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kenny. For their quirky and charming Viva and Jerry's country $3. music videos. Oh, no. Two bucks, $3. two bucks. Oh, two, two bucks. bucks. Two bucks, two bucks. No idea and you're like, and you're point about. like this. They were, it was like it was public, public access. Public Viva, access Public TV. access. And then they be, they got a national following because they were on uh, John Stewart's show. And you rip and, me because I watch a circus documentary. No, and they would put oh, on, was, <laughs> they had like this fake auction type of show thing where they'd go to garage sales and buy stupid crap and then fake sell them on their, uh, yeah. on their little Which, show. And Viva would always go, two bucks, two bucks. And Jerry, not only the butcher at my uh, at my meat shop yeah. there in South Minneapolis, grew up in the same town that I did. did really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Was he the guy that had the thumb, like he yeah, would he wind her up? Okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. back farm was uh, about two miles north of the Olson farm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Viva, uh, unfortunately, had a stroke Monday and passed away. Uh, this here is a 90s contact lens remover. Right here. Stubborn contact right lens right remover. Here, right here. And Jerry, show them how it's done, hon. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I have watched women with contact lenses. I watched women with contact lenses. And they get out there and they get there, you know, you get there and they get the eyeball down there. Yeah. And, the yeah. and all of a sudden, poof, right down the drain. Yep, there it goes. Get your removable contact lenses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies, all you gotta do is put, put. Got a plunger. <laughs> Got a plunger up yep. to his eyeball. There you go. From Beaver and Jerry's country videos, Beaver and Jerry, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry is an institution in South Minneapolis, yeah. Such. Yep. He went to my barber shop. He's the butcher at my meat shop. Everybody knows Jerry. And he lost his wife? Yeah, Viva died. Viva? Yeah. 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 Uh, they, would, they would do stuff like that, and then they'd play a country video. And then they'd come back and, and do something else. And it was real goofy. country, country yes, that would make Royce proud. I'm really yeah. sorry I missed it. Viva. Yeah, no, no, he, oh, I he was wonderful. He was very cool. Or yeah. he is. Uh, Viva was 79 years old, by the That's way. all? Yep. From my hometown, police say a naked North Dakota man who was high on drugs climbed into the holy water font during mass at a church. Oh. Officers in Mandan, North Dakota... We're called to. Sp- you got to be a special oh, yeah. kind of bad to go to church all bent out of shape. We're called, no clothes on. We're called to the Spirit of Life Catholic Church around nine in the morning on Tuesday. Arrested the 21-year-old man on drug, criminal mischief, and indecent exposure charges. Deputy Police Chief Lori Flayton said the man had been at the chief uh, at the church. Excuse me. Earlier, trying to bless people. At that point, he was asked to leave. She says he later came back, stripped off his clothing entered the fountain, then walked down the aisle performing a lewd act. Oh, so he was blessing people with while he was clothed. He yes, wasn't, while he was okay. clothed. 
And then later he was blessing everybody. Yes. (laughs) Flayton says preschool children were at the service. Blessing you and blessing you and blessing you too, too. (laughs) He says the church plans to drain... Sterilize and re-bless. Well, it's kind of like when water. somebody takes a crap in a swimming pool. You got to you got to drain it yeah, and you know clean her out. Get Bill Murray in there with a yeah. hazmat Judy! suit on. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's all right. <laughs> a medieval knight reenactor. This has a bad ending. But... Oh God! Uh-oh. Uh, uh, jousting has impaled himself with his own lance during a performance in Kentucky and died. Hmm. Louisville How Cur- in the heck? Louisville Courier-Journal reports 53-year-old Peter Barclay of Virginia was competing in the equestrian game in Williamstown, Kentucky when he was wounded. Barclay's brother and the president of Event Holder Society for Creative Anachronism, John Fulton, says Barclay was trying to spear a paper plate on the ground. Fulton's... <laughs> who who hasn't? Fulton's- who hasn't? <laughs> Fulton's- right after the ring toss game. <laughs> Fulton said in a Facebook post, the metal tip lance hit the ground and flipped, stabbing Barclay's chest. Poor Barclay. That's a shame. He said Barclay, who performed under the name Master Terrafan Grey Dragon, died when he flown to us. Is that his name on Tinder? I'm I'm sorry to laugh, Master (laughs) Terrafan Grey Dragon. Wasn't he wearing the suit, the metal suit? The armor. Apparently it didn't work, I I guess. It's not. His death is listed. He had the discounted suit. (laughs) The bad suit. Right. Death is listed as X. Oh my God! <laughs> he had the ding ding tin foil. There's lots Reynolds of ways rap. to die. There's lots of ways to die, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Leading the list still is the guy who died in the uh, in the checkout line at Jack and Box when he oh yeah went in reverse and oh that's right, right. right. Yeah. crushed himself. Yeah. That's right. That's Horrible. a tough way to go. That really God. is. I'd, I'd want if he that never even to got me, his food. Did he? he never even got no, his food. No, and he paid for it. Right. You don't want people giggling during your funeral. No, if that <laughs> happened to me, I would want somebody to be smart enough to say, "No, he died." You know, saving a child from traffic. Right. Or right. Something. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, you know, going out at a food place, though. I know you would. Yeah. Be right up my alley. Sears thinking about filing for bankruptcy protection as soon as this week, as it faces a large debt repayment on Monday, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, while all of this is happening, their shares plunged 31% in pre-market trading today. Companies hired advisory firm M3 Partners LLC to get the bankruptcy filing ready, although the retailer is thinking about other options to try and avoid insolvency. They face a debt repayment of $134 million bucks this upcoming Monday. Shares of Sears tumbled 18 cents or 31%. Sears, of course, one of America's leading retailers since the 19th century, but they've struggled. Appeal to consumers in recent years, losing customers and financial strength in the process. What killed them? The internet? Isn't that amazing? Amazon? Because they virtually invented catalog shopping, yeah. Sears and Robux. It's still the greatest tool store in the world. Well, not in the mall, it's not. You've got to come over here to St. Paul. Right. Your store is still fine. Haven't they sold most the mall? Of their, uh, uh, the mall tool shop sucks now. They sold, What's the tools they use? Uh, Craftsman, craftsman. Right? craftsman. Didn't they sell the rights to that to yeah, somebody else? I think so. But Such, there, there was nothing you couldn't buy out of the Sears catalog yeah. at the turn of the century. Well, believe me, I'm very familiar. You can get Pook scooters. Yeah. I think that's how you say P-U-C-H? it. UCH? Yeah. Yeah, the motor, the motor bar. They were, they were Czechoslovakian, okay. I think. Hmm. Uh, get this. Uh, the, you can get a boat and motor. Out of the house. Sears catalog? Could you buy a house? You can get a house. Yeah, that's right. You could, prefab. Uh, this uh, surprised me. The tail end of the story said there was a shopper's survey in 2016. Uh, shoppers said they preferred shopping at Goodwill over Sears. Really? What? Yeah. Gross. I like Goodwill. Goodwill's, oh, oh, Goodwill's all right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what are you poor people? Yes. Wow. Very yeah. poor. Oh, you bug me. 
You can ta- what what Target does is Target sends over to Goodwill blah, all blah, some blah, of their blah, 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 blah. <laughs> cock talk talk. Kenny, blah, I think blah, Kenny wants chatter, to go. Chatter, chatter, chatter. I'm going to find Kenny and Goodwill and I'm going to take a picture blah, of blah, Goodwill. You know how yesterday I said I would love to just uh, in today's resting my case just to get the hell out of here and live in Duralton, Scotland. Yeah. Chief what? offsite correspondent Kelsey, as only he would, found me a six bedroom detached house for a million seven a million one. In Duralton, he sent me the, all the real estate listings about it. It's just fabulous. So are you thinking about buying I'm it, there. tearing it I'm, down, and rebuilding? No, I'd keep this one. <laughs> wow. I'd keep this one and then walk to the uh, three-stool pub <laughs> wow. at the Port Hall. Yeah. We have to do the podcast from there? No. We'd be <laughs> yeah, what can this. move in? We no. got how many bedrooms yeah, we, we got? plenty of room. Yeah. You have to cross a river that you don't really have to cross to get there? <laughs> yeah, the Atlantic. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not done with you, Jeff. Oh, you want more? I thought I'm you sorry. had another story. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. I can find one. Sure. Hi, in Woodbury, where's Blue Shirt? Uh, the uh, limousine accident, follow-up oh, today. Yeah. As a follow-up today, police have now arrested the limousine company owner's son. Did that Wednesday morning in connection with that weekend crash that killed 20 people. Naman Hussein, whose father, Shahid, owns Prestige Limousine Chauffeur Service, was arrested during a traffic stop on Interstate 787. Naman Hussein is an operator for Prestige. Charges are pending. Officer Kara Burns, a state police spokeswoman, declined to say whether the arrest was related to the crash. But Lee Kindlin, who's representing Prestige, told CNN it was connected to the crash. The arrest comes as state officials in Kindlin offered conflicting accounts on whether the stretch Ford excursion should have been on New York roads when it crashed in Shuhari, killing 20 people over the weekend. May I add a final news item mm-hmm. uh, for your newscast? I mean, uh, yesterday we were talking about the special ed teacher in Rosemount who yeah. said, who's going to take one for the team and kill Kavanaugh? Yes. And she resigned. And I was lamenting the idea that these data privacy acts created legislatively uh, protect her. And and we'll never know who she is. But I got a I got an email from Tim Burke with a great point. In the internet age, the wall of secrecy that Minnesota's Data Privacy Act provides government employees has become largely irrelevant. If you do something stupid or violent, you will be quickly identified, and that's a good thing. A case in point is the special ed teacher in Rosemount who used Twitter to call for the death of Justice Kavanaugh. Shortly after she made her tweet, many people who recognized her Twitter handle mm-hmm. quickly identified her, and it was soon all over the Internet. Here are just two of many publications that have provided information on this disturbed woman. Uh, I don't think it's my place to mention her name. Well, don't, it, I mean, she's it's all over the place. Right, but you name. can go to the Washington Times, for example, sure. and find out. Uh, that's a great point. The Internet... Twitter, Facebook, and all that is making these data privacy protections largely irrelevant. Right. In other words, people were instantly on to who this idiot was. Knucklehead was, right. All right, thank you. We're going to be back. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. We are being told that as a result of this Hurricane Michael, we're going to be losing a lot of trees. One of the first stories that caught my eye today in uh, in this morning's Wall Street Journal, the headline is Tree Glut Uproots Southern Investors. And I thought, well, what the hell is this? Over the past hundred years, the George family's farm has been sharecropped, grazed by cattle, and planted with cotton. By the late 1980s, 
Clayton George was growing soybeans and struggling to make ends meet. A new federal program offered farmers money to reforest depleted land. Pine trees appealed to Mr. George. He bought Loblolly seedlings and pulled his pickup truck into a parking lot where hands for hire congregated. We figured we'd plant trees and come back and harvest it in 30 years and in the meantime go into town to make a living doing something else, he said. Three decades later, the trees are ready to cut. And Mr. George is learning how many other Southerners had the same idea. A glut of timber has piled up in the southeast. There are far more ready-to-cut trees than the region's mills can saw or pulp. The surfeit, surfeit has crushed, tum, crushed timber prices in Mississippi, Alabama, and several other states. It's been a big loser for some financial investors, among them the country's largest pension fund. The California Public Employees Retirement System spent more than $2 billion on southern timberland and harvested trees at depressed prices to pay interest on money borrowed to buy. It's been tough for the individuals and families who own much of the South Forest land and who had banked on its operating as a college fund or retirement account. So 30 years ago, these guys said, the hell with soybeans. Yep. I'm planting trees. I'm going to go in and work at Ace Hardware, and uh, I'm going to come back in 30 years, and there's my 401K. Boom. And now they can't sell it. There's too many trees. Too many trees. We are told that, of course, we've paved over the entire right, United right. States. Uh, there's too many trees. There's a, the Wall Street Journal has a full page of the map of the abundance of these trees. It's absolutely incredible. If you work and you didn't want to put all your money in the stock market, you'd buy 40 acres and plant trees, and they'd be ready to cut by the time your kid went to college, said Kip Stead, a timber broker in Lincoln, Alabama. The housing crash 10 years ago worsened the developing timber glut by depressing lumber demand and prompting woodland owners to postpone harvest. Mills closed. Housing has come back in much of the country, pushing prices for finished forest products such as 2x4s and plywood to historic highs during the spring and summer building season. Prices for logs as well have moved up the U.S.'s other big timber-producing region, the Pacific Northwest, where supply is kept in check by wood-boring beetles and periodic wildfires. I won't read you the whole story, but isn't it a ray of hope? Yeah. Not for these guys who bet no. the farm right, on but it. But no. But we got trees. Businesses, right. We got trees everywhere and businesses, let's go. We got Cut trees. them down, let's make some two-by-fours. Mm -hmm. Build some dog boxes. Mr. George, the Mississippi farmer who planted cropland to trees under a federal conservation program in the 80s, moved to Memphis and became a cotton exporter. Now with the trees mature and ready to cut, he has to consider his father's estate planning and a son in college as he figures out what to do. Some of his trees have outgrown nearby sawmills and will have to be pulped. Whether Mr. George, who is 57, harvests now or holds out for higher prices, he will ultimately have to decide whether he wants to commit to trees again. I'm not sure if we'll replant or let it go to pasture, Mr. George said. We'd have to dynamite the stumps, though. Mm -hmm. They got trees. They got trees. What a smart idea, though, in, in theory. Mm -hmm. Plant the trees, well, go to work. It boom. turns out they're facing the same problem crop farmers are facing. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got 20,000 bushels of beans and nobody's buying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I was just uh, somewhat heartened to realize that... Uh, we're not short of trees. No, and we're always told, yeah, think about that. Think about all the uh, the lumber guys. They've been planting trees for, what, decades, not just the last Such five I years. I need a guy to come into my property and take out the basswood. 
Can you uh, find me a guy? What's basswood good for? Uh, carving. Uh, and. I guess you'd have to go down Arkansas and, and drag somebody off a porch. Pallets. <laughs> They're good for pallets. Oh. And you know who I call? Hmm. You'll never guess. The Amish. Really? The Amish will take your basswood. Well, why do you want to thin out your basswood? Uh, they're a weed. They're just it's awful. Infected. They're not a decent tree? Uh, they're a pain in the ass, mm -hmm. and they multiply way too fast, and they grow way too Are fast. Are you going to give them to the Amish? Uh, I don't know. Trade them out maybe for Why some Amish work. Tilsner yeah. carpet, or Tilsner. Uh, anyway, that's the my The Tilsner story. Corporation, just off of 35W, they do pallets. Why probably not take go the with wood? the Amish? We kind of ran out of steam, didn't we, on this one? Yeah, yeah never mind. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> just, kinda, I just was trying to tell you that there's trees. Whoa, good, good call, Chris. And the hurricane yep. reminded me. That's when I saw at the stoplight. We're going to lose some trees. but, <laughs> so TK, but uh, It's like but, what TK told me. No, know your limitations, guys. Right. Know your limitations. That's that's right. Right. We'll try again tomorrow, folks. Uh, John Camp on tomorrow's podcast. The new book is Holy Ghost, a Virgil Flowers mystery. You might know him as John Sanford. GarageLogic.com is where you have found us. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. Thank you for tuning in. GarageLogic.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow.